0: Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. My message this morning, while not about Brenda, does indeed serve as kind of a prelude to her memorial service. I want to talk to you today about the faithful servant. We certainly, this church, when I say we, I mean Living Word Family Church, we certainly belong to a tradition that believes in honoring those who serve in the ministry, Uh, particularly occupational ministers. Uh, You know, at Rhema, and many of you know this, there's, there's a class that we had, I assume they still teach it, Submission and Authority, is it still called that? Uh, Keith, Keith Moore taught it when I was there, and it was required. Every, it was a first-year class. Every student had to take this. And it was uh, all about all of the authority structures that God has put into place, okay? Parent and children, uh, boss and employee, uh, and, uh, and so on. He covered it all about what the Bible had to say about all these relationships, and it was a very popular class, and not just among Rama's students. RaMA used to host every year something called CES, Continuing Education Seminar, where uh, even non-graduates could go uh, as part of a rama church and monitor some of these classes, take in some of these classes, uh, or there would be like an abbreviated version. And there was always a class, just a, a, a seminar type, on submission and authority. And it was always very well-received. By the people from Living Word, at least, who uh, went there and partook of this, and uh, but some of it was 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 pretty stern as well. And there was, of course, a unit in that class that dealt with honoring those in spiritual authority, that is, church leaders. And uh, here are some scriptures. I'll just share. There's a load of them, okay, but I'm just going to share three with you. First Timothy five seventeen says, "Let the elders who rule well be counted." worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Galatians 6, 6 says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And 1 Thessalonians five twelve and 13, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Like I said, many other passages like these, but there is a mistake we make when we confuse the role or position or calling with rank, prestige, or greatness. These passages don't say that a pastor or an evangelist or a prophet or somebody else are inherently of higher worth and inherently worthy of honor or double honor but he's saying honor them for their work's sake this this is something that pastors would rather have somebody else come in and talk about when we talk about honoring you know this is i know this is pastor appreciation month and we love that i love that because i'm the one being appreciated this month right I guess, let me put it this way, I think one of the most misused, uh, perhaps even, uh, I won't say it's been abused, I'll say it's been misused, uh, phrases I've heard in the last 30 years is God's generals, and it seems that every man or woman who has achieved a certain level of uh, notoriety, success, or just flat out fame has been called a general in the kingdom of God. I had a man come up to me years ago in another church. And he was talking about how important he felt it was to take care of people like me because, after all, we were going to be way up there in terms of rank in the kingdom of God. He was convinced of this. Now this. This guy was not clergy. He was saying, I'm going to honor you because we need to take good care of you because you're going to be over me in heaven. You guys are going to be way up there. And I'm like, I couldn't have disagreed more. I was shocked, and I told him so. First of all, uh, I don't disagree that there are different levels of reward in heaven. Uh, And I'm not prepared to say that there aren't different um, ranks or uh, levels of authority. I don't know what the culture or the community in heaven is going to look like exactly. doesn't matter to me right now. But I am firmly convinced that our place up there, has nothing to do with our achievements down here, at least as man measures them. What God is looking for is faithfulness and obedience. God, our Father, has set a plan, a path of works for you to walk in. You know this, right? He has designed a life for you. And the best thing you can do... The, the highest honor you can give God is to know that path and walk that path that he has placed you on. All right? You are not going to be graded or judged based on how well you compared to me, to Billy Graham, to Kenneth Hagin. You are not going to receive your reward in, in heaven based on how your ministry Compared to theirs, you are going to give an account for how obedient you were to what you were called to do. Do you see the difference? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You have your race, I have my race. We are not racing one another. I am racing to fulfill my call. More to the point, there's this, from Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 11, it says, And he himself, meaning Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want you to notice, many of you have heard me say this, many of you have heard it, uh, but there is no comma between equipping of the saints and for the work of ministry. These ministerial roles, the apostle, teacher, the pastor, they are the gifts that Jesus gives in this context. All right. He didn't gift me with pastorness. He gifted you with a pastor. I love this part. I am God's gift to you. <laughs> Anybody ever says he walks around like he's God's gift? You say, He is. And you point him to this scripture. He gave some as pastors. Right? He didn't give me pastorness. He gave you a pastor. And uh, sorry, but it's me. (laughs) Anyway, here's the deal. He gave them for what purpose? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. He didn't give give, uh, you a pastor to equip you and to do the work of ministry. No, he gave you a pastor to equip you to do the work of ministry. You're the ministers. We are all ministers. Look at a coach. Big time sports. Really, sports at at most levels, for that matter. The coach has a super important role, and he walks in a level of authority. But he's not the one out there getting the game won himself, is he? And in fact, in most cases, the coach is far from the most famous guy on the team. The other people, there are other people who are achieving more and boots on the ground getting the job done. You could make a, a similar case for uh, military leaders. They're important. What they do is super important, and their role is important. But when it comes to getting the job done, the general can't get the job done by himself. The colonel can't get the job done by himself any more than the coach can get the job done by himself. And certainly, the pastor can't get the job done by himself my role is to provide you, God speaks through me, to provide you, with uh, to equip you to do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? Well, ultimately, it is to proclaim the gospel, live the gospel, preach the gospel. People need to know that you're a believer and why. And hopefully, what, you, what happens here on Sunday mornings and uh, any other... You know, online uh, presence we have in this church serves to help you answer questions that people are going to ask you, help you uh, com- uh, partake in, co- in conversations, help you uh, fine-tune your testimony, whatever it takes to do what you were called to do. But here's the main thing. You were called to do something. We are all in the ministry. And I'll never forget, uh, there is a book that we were given as Ramah students, and again, you probably still are, The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread by Richard Booker. Great, great book. And he came as a guest speaker to the church we attended when I was at Canaan Land. And uh, on the very first day, and this was a a daytime meeting, he was there for several meetings, he says, before I get started, I just want to see a show of hands, how many of you in here are ministers? Would you please stand up? So, yep, I, I had my I wasn't ordained yet, but I was licensed, so I stood up, and I was in full-time ministry. This is what I was doing. And, and there were several, there were dozens of, of ministers in the congregation. He said, oh, okay. He said, now stand up if you are a believer. And the rest of the crowd stood up. He said, all of you should have stood the first time. Every believer is a minister. He said, some of us are just a little too thick, and God had to make us occupational ministers. So uh, I, I, I always liked that, that phrasing. And he went on to distinguish. He said, we talk about, well, yeah, everybody can, can minister, but only certain people are full-time ministers. He said, no, if you are a believer, you are a full-time minister. The difference is not full-time minister versus layperson. The difference is full-time minister versus occupational minister. This happens to be my occupation. I believe it's what I was called to do, uh, the way I was called to serve you. But you still have a full-time ministry. Just as my Christianity can't be limited to what I do in the pulpit, your Christianity can't be limited to what you do there in Sunday school, uh, small groups, or anything else. Anybody who has known you for any length of time ought to know you are a believer. Amen? All right. Um, the idea of honoring those in spiritual authority, again, even Pastor Appreciation Month, if we're not careful, can be twisted into something like, I wish I was somebody in the kingdom. There's a pastor, and I'm going to tell, depending on how many, uh, in addition to the people who are in here right now, depending on how many other people come to Brenda's memorial, I may at least refer to this story during the memorial service too. Uh, but I I, I know a pastor who years ago, as I observed, I had the opportunity to work kind of closely with him a few times, and I saw this guy bend bend over backwards to separate the ministers from the workers. And it was a huge mistake. He would... uh, if they were visiting occupational ministers, pastors, evangelists, whatever, he made sure that they were honored. Uh, and if there was after-service fellowship, made sure they sat only together and made sure the workers in his church took care of them before they took care of anybody else. And again, there's nothing wrong with honoring certain people for their contributions, but he, he took it too far, and here's, here's, here's what I mean by that. He had a great guy working in his church who was very, very talented, but his job, he did not have, he wasn't a teacher, he wasn't an associate pastor, he was uh, uh, more involved with other components of the, the campus, we'll just put it that way. And, but this guy also constantly, carried, he always had a Bible with him, and he always had some literature in his pocket, usually a mini-book by Brother Hagan. And at any opportunity he had to speak with somebody, he would minister to them. He would get into conversations and just look for opportunities to, to speak into people's lives, to pray for them. And he had sat under this pastor for years, so he was well-equipped. But this pastor at one time actually told him, you're not called to be a minister. You need to it's kind of, stay in your lane. Let the ministers minister. You keep doing your job. Broke this guy's heart. And it was a huge mistake Because I want a church full of people who are looking for every opportunity to minister to one another and to minister to other people who come to this church and minister to people outside of this church. I want to see that kind of eagerness, that kind of, you know how we we talked about last week how God's eyes are always moving to and fro throughout the whole earth so that he can show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is completely his. We should be the kind of people whose eyes are going to and fro looking for opportunities to speak into somebody's life, speak encouragement, share the gospel, and pray for their salvation lead them to jesus remember that's the end game we shouldn't just be saying hey i'm a christian and i enjoyed it. it's great our end game should always be what what can what at what point in this this uh, chain what link am i uh, how close am i to being the person who gets to invite them to pray to accept jesus and you're going to hear a testimony during uh, brenda's uh, memorial service about not giving up, continue reaching out to people, continue inviting them because one of these days they're going to say yes to somebody. But look at what Jesus says. Remember, the the disciples were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. But it took them until Pentecost to realize that he wasn't going to work his salvation the way they thought he was going to work it. Even after the cross, even after the resurrection, their idea was that Okay, Jesus' plan is to restore the kingdom of Israel. Somehow, Rome is going to be overthrown and Israel is going to take its rightful place as a leader among the nations. Jesus will be sitting on the throne and we are going to be serving in his court. And so an embarrassing number of times we see what they discuss with themselves is who's the greatest in the kingdom. Who's going to be the closest to Jesus? Even mom got involved at one point not jesus's mom But hey, will you let my boys sit at one at your right one at your left when you come to your throne? And then they would ask jesus himself who Is going to sit at your right and left hand This was what they were consumed with And after the passover meal just before christ's crucifixion jesus washed his disciples feet Peter was horrified, but jesus shut him up and finished the job and then and this is in john chapter 13 verse 12 so when he had washed their feet taken his garments and sat down again he said to them do you know what i've done to you you call me teacher and lord and you say well for so i am if i then your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for i have given you an example that you should do as i have done to you most assuredly I say to you a servant is not greater than his master nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him if you know these things blessed are you if you do them Jesus was warning his uh well see what he's saying this is the example you keep talking about who is going to be greatest in the kingdom and you acknowledge that I'm greatest so really what you're talking about who's second greatest well be as much like me as you can now here's what I do I washed your feet you want to aspire to my greatness? Wash one another's feet. Serve. And interestingly, don't just serve the man of God. I could tell you some stories about that phrase too, but we're, we're getting close on time, so let me, let me rush ahead here. There's another time uh, in Matthew we read about where Jesus was warning his disciples about uh, co- competing for positions and titles, and he was pointing out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. It's in Matthew 23, and we get to this in verse 6. They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But you do not be called Rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How do you advance in the kingdom of God? Humble yourself and serve. We must be committed to doing what we do because Jesus has called us to do it. We are not striving for human glory and recognition. No pastor, no prophet, no evangelist is going to outrank you in the kingdom of heaven just because he was chosen by God for a particular task. We will all be judged and rewarded by how well we fulfilled our calling. I have known people, and Dad Dad told this story years ago, and I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, There are people who would gladly do any menial task in the church as long as it came with a title pastor of toilets we must be willing to serve for the privilege of serving one another and serving the body of christ and not for title and recognition we will all be judged again and rewarded for how well we, fu- we fulfilled our calling and that means you must take your calling as a minister seriously You must, must, must be of the mindset that whatever else you are, whatever other roles you fill, your occupation, your relationships, you are first and foremost a believer, a child of God, part of the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and a minister of the gospel. If every believer of every age lived like this, the whole show would probably be over by now. Because everyone would have heard the gospel and made their decision. Everyone who was going to be saved would be saved. I'm being a bit facetious here, but I think you know what I mean. I'm needing to wrap this up, but we can return to this, this topic soon. Praise and worship team, uh, you can be making your way up here. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.